Good evening. My name is Phil Burdett. I'm here with my wife, Vicki. We are Freedom's Way Ministries, and this is our weekly teaching. Uh, we have weekly teaching. We do this teaching again on Friday night, but tonight we are going to be teaching on faith, part five, and this is a great teaching, so relax yourselves. Um, Open your hearts to receive and see what God has in store for you. Our mission is to help you come into your true identity in Christ and to operate in all the benefits of the kingdom of God. So I'm going to pray us in and we will get started. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for this time and your word. We thank you, Lord, that you are good and that you deliver to us what we need when we need it. So, Lord, we just ask you to put a special anointing on your word today as you deliver it. Uh, give grace to the hearers that they can receive it and seal it in their hearts, Lord, so they can become more like you in the way they were, what, who they were created to be in you. So we thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. It's all about you. We bow the knee to you, and we say, have your way tonight with your people. And we turn aside any assignment from hell that would divert or pollute this word in any way or steal any of its power for the, for the people, for the hearers, to grow more to be more like the Lord. So. Lord, we just thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for your word. We say, have your way, Lord. Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is the fifth week of our faith series, and we're sort of winding down phase one, I suppose you would would call it. There are three phases to this teaching, so next week we'll start phase two. But tonight we're going to look at what Abraham found. Now, as I just mentioned, we've been discussing the subject of faith toward God for the last few weeks. Tonight's not going to be any different except for the message itself. God has revealed some insights about what Abraham discovered and how he became known as the father of faith and a friend of God. These are insights into principles of God that are still in effect. They are still working in the world today. And that means we can step into agreement with these principles, which Abraham found, and reap the benefits of faith toward God. But before we dive into all that, I want to do a very brief review of last week concerning the force of faith and the five confessions that we can make every single day to activate that force. We see in the Word that faith worked in love by our confessions of the voice of God activates the angels who are under our authority, standing ready to work for us. 
It is our profession of faith which controls angelic powers. And it is Jesus Christ who identifies us to his angels. They are released on our behalf because we are firm in Christ and speaking God's word. As we lift our voices in the truth of God and not the facts of worldly circumstances, Jesus as the high priest of our confession, intercedes and identifies us to the angels. Remember what he said. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before the angels in heaven. If we oppose his word or contradict his lordship over all things, He denies us to the angels and they stay put. This is a powerful truth in realizing our position in the spirit realm and our intimate connection there. Hallelujah. Five things that we need to confess, things which will build us up in our most holy faith are these the absolute lordship of Jesus Christ. He is Lord over all things, not just the things we can imagine are possible for him to control or change, but all things. Jesus is Lord over all demonic powers, Satan included. And because we have Jesus in us, we are in him. We also have lordship over all demonic powers. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord. Second, we need to confess that we do not have a care or a worry because we trust in the Lord completely. Amen. We are continually aware it is only by him that we live and move and have our being. Our third confession is that we do not lack anything because the Lord is our shepherd and he takes care of us. Thank you, Lord. God takes care of us because of anything we do, not because of anything we do, but simply because he loves us. Thank you, Lord. Next, we must confess that every single sin, sickness, disease, sorrow, and grief was laid on Jesus Christ so that we do not have to endure them. All the infirmities, illnesses, infections, afflictions, physical malfunctions, known and not yet known, were absorbed by Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. That's right. He took it all. So we can refuse to take it. Finally, we need to confess who Christ is and who we are in Christ. Agree with God that Jesus Christ is in us, we are in him, and who he is, we are. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. With those confessions in mind, let's take a look at why Abraham was called a friend of God. What was it Abraham found 
that cause him to become known as the father of faith. And can we find the same things? So here we go. Let's answer those questions. Romans 4, verse 1 through 5. What shall we say then that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, has found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he has whereof to glory, but not before God. For what says the scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that works is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that works not, but believes on him that justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Now, from these verses, we can see that Abraham found that he could receive from God just as if he had never sinned. Abraham believed God. And that belief, his belief that God was for him and not against him, his belief that God would take care of him no matter what, his belief that he didn't have to earn God's love and attention, that belief was counted to him for righteousness. Abraham found faith toward God, not works for God, brings justification to the ungodly. I'm going to say it again. Faith toward God, not works for God, brings justification to the ungodly. Faith makes us righteous. Righteousness is not about what we do. It's about whom we believe. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is our righteousness, whom we believe. Rather than trying to earn God's favor, Abraham used faith, and God's favor came to him. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Also, Abraham found how to stand and how to act on God's word. Think about this. Abraham had a promise from God. Isaac was the product of that promise. God told Abraham that from Isaac would come a multitude of people. That was the word of God to Abraham. That was the word Abraham believed when he took his child of promise up the mountain in obedience to God's command to sacrifice his child. You'll find this scripture in Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 8. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. And he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and get you into the land of Moriah and offer him there 
for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell you of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and took the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place which God had told him to go. And then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go up yonder and worship. He was he was southern and come again to you. Yeah. <laughs> Going up yonder. And Abraham took the word of the burnt offering and laid it upon um, and took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son and took the fire in his hand and a knife and they went both of them together. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said, My father, he said, Here I am, my son, your son. And he said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both of them went up together. Thank you, Lord. We all know this story, but let's look at it again. I think God has something more to say about faith here. In the very first verse, it says, God did tempt Abraham. But wait, back up the truck. In the book of James, we're taught that God does not tempt man. So is that a contradiction? No, I don't think so. In Genesis, the definition of tempt is test self. Test self. Tests are to show us, not God, what is in our hearts. I've said this for many years. God already knows what's in your heart. We're the ones that need to know what's in our hearts. When God tells us to do something, he wants us to know ourselves a little better. Will we believe him and comply with the hard thing? He knows whether we will or not or whether we won't. We don't always know. We might think we know. When the enemy tempts us with evil, again, God already knows what we'll do. We're the ones who need to know what's in our hearts. Is it faith or is it fear? Amen. Amen. That's why the disciples said, Lord, we believe. Help us with our unbelief. Abraham stood on God's word. He knew that God had said Isaac was the one, the child of promise. If Abraham killed his son, he knew God would raise him up again. That is faith. 
Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall your seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Thank you, Lord. So scripture here tells us Abraham had seen in a vision, in a figure, he had seen in a vision his son returning with him and knew God would not leave him dead, even if Isaac was killed. I think that's remarkable. But I don't think Abraham ever thought, even for a minute, that God would actually require the sacrifice of his son. First of all, he told the young men, his servants that were with them, wait here, we will be back. My son and I are going up, but we're coming back together. He told them that. And then when Isaac asked his father, where's the lamb we're going to sacrifice? Wait a minute, I'm a little confused here. I see the wood, I see the knife. Where's the animal? Abraham answered, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for the sacrifice. What a prophetic word about Jesus Christ, our Lord. And what an uncompromised example of faith. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Abraham and Isaac took the wood and the fire and a knife, and away they went up the mountain. You know, I've often wondered what Isaac thought when his father tied him to that altar and raised the knife. (laughs) Oh, help me, Jesus. (laughs) Abraham was willing to go all the way with God because he stood and acted on the word that he had been given. That's believing God. Amen. And and believing that he's going to tell the truth. God wanted Abraham to be sure in his heart, and he was. So don't you know that that was a faith-building experience for both Abraham and Isaac? Yeah, both of them got a little lesson in faith there. <laughs> Amen. Isaac obviously trusted his father completely also, but we don't see anywhere in Scripture that he resisted being tied up or put on the altar of sacrifice. That's right. You know, I, I don't. I don't see... Anywhere in Scripture that uh, Isaac was going, ah, no, don't, you know, I, I don't see that. I don't see him fighting with his dad about that. And one of the things I've always found revelatory is the ram that is caught in the bush here. Genesis 22, verse 13. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him, a ram caught 
in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Now, you may not think that's remarkable, but when I get finished with this sentence or two, you may think it's remarkable. Because here we see a ram stuck by his horns in a thicket, and we can surmise that the ram had been there the whole time. Now, why? Why, Vicki, would you say that the ram had been there the whole time? Well, because if the ram had been recently entangled there, it would have been struggling. It would have struggled to free itself. And Abraham and Isaac would have noticed it. This animal must have been wearied from fighting to free itself and just too tired to make a noise or a movement when Abraham came into view. Wow. That, to me, is an amazing testimony as to God's provision. He already has in place what we need, when we need it, and often we don't even notice. The ram was in place long enough not to call attention to itself. Now, I can imagine that if Abraham and Isaac had noticed this animal as soon as they got there, Abraham's reasoning, we talked about that last week, Abraham's reasoning might have kicked in. Hmm, there's the sacrifice. I won't have to lay my son on the altar. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Lord. Give us all the faith of Abraham. Hallelujah. Even before Isaac was born, Abraham did not stagger at the promise of God, of his having a son. The word said Abraham considered not his own body. He knew that in the natural, physical world and sense of things, the facts, he was totally incapable of impregnating his wife who was herself beyond childbearing years. (laughs) How old was he, honey? 100 years old. 99 years old. Yeah, when Isaac was born, he was 100. Wow. There you go. (laughs) That's believing the promise. Thank you, Lord. Even before Isaac was born, I'm to go to Romans 4, 16 through 21. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Before him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were, were. who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken. 
so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Hallelujah, Lord. Abraham was fully persuaded. Fully persuaded that what God said he'd do, he'd do. Not only was God capable, he was willing. God performs his word. Hallelujah, Lord. When we have a word from the Lord, we need to stand on it and then act on it, led by the Holy Spirit. This is where faith comes alive, in our actions. If we only stand, faith can die. But when we act, faith will live and grow. Abraham found he could act like God and speak things that are not as though they are. Ephesians 5, verse 1. Be you therefore followers of God as dear children. Abraham was a follower of God. He did what God did. Jesus is our example. We are to follow that example. Jesus' life was a do it this way. And we need to learn to follow him. Abraham was fully persuaded of the truthfulness and the power of God. And it was considered righteousness in him. The same is true for us. Let's continue on in Romans 4. Bill left off at verse 21. I'm going to read 22 to 25. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Galatians 3. Verse 7 to 9. Know you therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In you shall all nations be blessed. So then, they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Obviously, Abraham found faith 
that pleases God. Being fully persuaded of God's truthfulness does not come by experiences in the natural. It comes by discernment in the spirit. Abraham had no physical evidence that God could raise his son from the dead. This is not something that ever occurred, and yet the word tells us, we just read it in Hebrews a few minutes ago, that Abraham accounted that God could raise up Isaac even from the dead. The full persuasion of God's ability to do this was not imparted to Abraham by natural experience, but by spiritual perception. Ooh, The full persuasion of God's ability to do this was not imparted to Abraham by his natural experience. It was imparted by spiritual perception. Abraham had a vision, a figure, as the scripture says, of his son alive and well. He may even have imagined the scenario of of killing his son and then see him come alive again by the hand of God. Whatever this figure was in which Abraham received Isaac, the implication is one of eternal vision, seeing things the way God's way. Faith that pleases God is faith that speaks the things of God into existence, as Abraham did through his confession that God would provide himself a sacrifice. Faith that pleases God is faith that does not consider the circumstances and surroundings as Abraham did not consider his own body. Faith that pleases God is faith that does not stagger at the promise of God. There is no contradiction of his word and no compromise. Abraham did not stagger at the promise. He was fully persuaded and willing to obey without question God's assignment. Faith that pleases God is faith that knows God will perform his word. Abraham followed the directive knowing God was able. Faith that pleases God is faith that God's word has authority and believers have been given the right to its fullness in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. For those of you who are note takers, I am going to repeat the things that Phil just said about faith that pleases God. First of all, faith that pleases God speaks the things of God into existence. Faith that pleases God does not consider circumstances, and surroundings. Not looking at the things of the world. Faith that pleases God is faith that does not stagger, waver, wonder at the promise of God. There's not uncertainty or insecurity in it. Faith that 
pleases God is faith that knows God will perform his word. Faith that pleases God is faith that God's word has authority and believers have been given the right to that fullness, to that authority in the name, the character of Jesus Christ. Abraham is not just the father of Israel. He is the father of all who walk by faith. Romans 4.16 Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham who is the father of us all. And in Isaiah 61 verse 9 And their seed shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All that see them shall acknowledge them that they are the seed which the Lord has blessed. We are the seed of Abraham because we believe God. Galatians 3 verse 14 and verse 16 that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not and to seeds as of many, but as of one. And to your seed, which is Christ. Hallelujah. The seed of Abraham, one seed, Christ. In these words is our corporate definition and expectation. You've heard this from us before, and now you're going to be reminded of it again. This is good. The body of Christ is the seed of Abraham, explained in the book of Revelation as the 144,000. The number 144 denotes godly government. 12 patriarchs times 12 apostles equals 144, which is followed by three zeros. The word zera, from which we get our word zero, means seed. Three is the completion or the fullness of the thing named, which here is zera or seed. The fullness of the seed of Abraham, also known as the fullness of Christ, is seen in the 144,000 as the body of Christ. It is not a literal number. It is a message of authority in bringing God's government through Jesus Christ into its fullness. How long will it take to see the fulfillment? Well, that's up to us. The three zeros after the number means thousand, and thousand is a word which in biblical translation means an indeterminate length of time set aside for a specific purpose. In other words, it's until we get it right. (laughs) Hallelujah. Until we get it right. 
We are the seed of Abraham. We are also the righteousness of God because of faith in Christ Jesus. We are the friends of God, as is Abraham, when we act on the word. Righteousness is imputed to us because of our faith toward God. James 2, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Hallelujah. Amen. We have been made the righteousness of God, and we are called the sons and daughters of God. It is all by faith, by acting on the word of God in faith. One of the ways we act in faith on the word of God is to bring judgment on the evil in our lives. It is by faith in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that we can rid ourselves of evil spirits. His blood is all-powerful and effective to bring judgment on evil and justice justice to the person, you or me. When God removes wickedness, he leaves righteousness. Hallelujah. Every, every time we speak to an evil spirit and tell it to go, we are acting in the faith on the word of God. 2 Corinthians 6. Verses 14 through 18. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Hmm. Wherefore, come out from among them and be you separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And will be a father unto you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord God Almighty. Mm, Hallelujah. This is the kind of faith that pleases God. This is the kind of faith which moves us into our inheritance as sons and daughters of God. This is the kind of faith that defines the overcomers, the 144,000. And it's ours to enjoy to develop, and to use for the advancement of God's kingdom in the earth. Tonight, I would like for us all to take another step in that advancement by restoring to God what is rightfully his. He bought and paid for our restoration, and many of us have only moved into restoration in some, but not all aspects of our lives. We each have something we have yet to overcome something that is attached to the beast of self, something from which we need to separate ourselves. And we can do that now by the grace of God through faith. Right now, I ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to each one of us the thing he is ready 
to have us removed from our lives. God is faithful. Show us our hearts, Lord, so that we can come out from the unclean thing, so that we can break agreement with the lie of hell that has bound our confessions to the law of death. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God is faithful. As the Holy Spirit brings something to your mind, know this. It is because he wants to deal with it. And he needs your agreement with him. Some of those pictures you're getting are from your childhood. I tell you, you have carried that bitterness long enough. You've carried that feeling of worthlessness long enough. You've carried that recurring illness long enough. You've carried that pain from rejection. You've carried that long enough. You've carried the torment, the fear, the unbelief long enough. But right now, by faith, you can let it go. So I ask you, if you want to do that, then pray this prayer with me. We pray these prayers out loud because only God can read your mind. And the angels, remember, they hearken to the voice of the word of God. They need to hear you agree with God. They need to hear you disagree with the enemy so they can come and fight for you and to minister to you. And at the same time, the demons need to hear that you break agreement with them. Because when you break agreement with them, they don't have any right to stay. They have to go. So pray this with me. Father God, Father God, I believe. I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Lord, I admit to you. Lord, I admit to you. I have received the lie of hell. I have received the lie of hell. I have believed the lie of hell. I believe the lie of hell. And I have lived the lie of hell. I have lived the lie. I repent to you, Father, for having done that. And to you, Father, for having done that. Right now and forever. Right now and forever. I make the decision. I make the decision. To live in the truth. To live in the truth. I break all agreement now. I break all agreement now. With the unclean, disobedient... With the unclean, disobedient, rebellious spirit, rebellious spirit, that lion devil, that lion devil, that has bound my confessions to the laws of death, that has bound my confessions to the laws of death. I loose myself, I loose myself from the snare of the enemy, from the snare of the enemy, 
I break agreement with spirits of bitterness. I break agreement with spirits of bitterness. Worthlessness. Worth. Infirmity. Infirmity. And rejection. And rejection. I break agreement. I break agreement. With torment. With torment. Fear. Fear. And unbelief. And unbelief. And I bind myself to your redeeming blood, Lord Jesus. Bind myself to your redeeming blood, Lord Jesus. So that I can receive my full inheritance. So that I can receive my full inheritance. I choose to believe your word, Lord. Choose to believe your word. To speak your word, Lord. To speak your word, Lord. And to act on your word, Lord. Act on your word. No longer will I allow. No longer will I allow. Interlopers from hell. Interlopers from hell. To hold me back. To hold me back. Or to keep me down. Or to keep me down. Arise, Lord, in me. Arise, Lord, in me. It is time for you to work. Time for you to work. For they have made void your law. They have made void your law. Cast out the wicked, Lord. Cast out the wicked, Lord. And leave me your righteousness. And leave me your righteousness. In full measure. In full measure. I declare and decree. I declare and decree. That the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Has made me free. Has made me free. Of the law of sin and death. Of the law of sin and death. Free me, Lord, as only you can. Free me, Lord, as only you can. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. I am going to pray a prayer of deliverance now against those spirits that you broke agreement with, in case they're still hanging around. There may be some uh, manifestation of the spirit when it leaves. Don't worry about it. If there is, you might call for sneeze or cry, yawn. Yawning is a big thing. You might, uh, you know, <laughs> you could feel a little queasiness in your tummy or tightness in your chest, band around your head, whatever. Those physical symptoms or manifestations or whatever are only there to distract you or to put you in fear. So right now, I just bind up fear of evil. I say, no, you cannot operate or manifest in these people. And I bind up every lying devil that would speak as I am speaking. You stop in Jesus' name. <laughs> ah. The liar, the mouth of the liar will be stopped according to the word and the truth of the living God. <clears throat> and if you don't know where that is, look it up in Psalm 63. <sighs> Thank you, Lord. I recognize that I can do nothing without you. But with you, there is nothing I can't do. So I speak now. In the name of the Lord Jesus, to every unclean, disobedient, rebellious spirit, 
that has bound these people to confessions of the laws of death. I speak to you. I bind you. I say you step aside because God is coming through. In the name of Jesus, I cast out every spirit and spirit guide of bitterness, particularly that bitterness from unmet needs of your childhood. In the name of Jesus, I cast that out. I send it to the pit that burning coals fall on it and it cannot rise again. I speak to worthlessness and I cast you out. You come up and out from every cell in their bodies, every thought in their ha- in their minds, every emotion in their hearts. You spirit of not good enough, go in Jesus' name. Go now in the name of Jesus. I speak to spirits and spirit guides of infirmity, rejection. Get up, get out, and go. I cast you out, and I send you into the fire of God. Our God is a consuming fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spirits of torment, spirits of fear, spirits of unbelief. Loose them and let them go. I cast you out. They have broken agreement with you, and you cannot stay. You are not going to cause these people to lose sleep one more night. In the name of Jesus, I speak sweet sleep over you, divine rest, and as you rest, restoration. I cast out all spirits of torment, fear, unbelief. Get up, get out, and go. I send you into the pit where burning coals fall, and you cannot rise again. Every unclean, disobedient, rebellious, lying devil. I cast you out now. Go. And I send you into the fire of God. And Father God, I thank you that you have given us authority over... Everything in the name of Jesus. Power over all the power of the devil. That we can speak an unseen word to an unseen being and it obeys and leaves. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you for sending your angels a burning judgment, destruction to sweep up and clear out any hangers-on that your people have broken their agreement with. And I thank you, Lord, that in every place where these lying devils have been, that you Fill your people now with every fruit of your Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, faith, 
gentleness, goodness, meekness, self-control. Fill us up, Lord, from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet with faith that pleases you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Praise the Lord. If you have a comment or a question, you can push the star six keys on your telephone keypad. That is, if you are live with us on our uh, teaching tonight on the telephone. Star six will unmute your phone if you would like to speak. I felt a real shift in the spirit. Hallelujah. Yes, who did I hear? Hallelujah. I thought I heard someone. Comments, good, great. Anybody have anything so, to say before before we so uh, bless you? Hello? Thank you, Vicky. It was so great. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. Super. Okay. Thank you. Thank you both very much. Thank you. It was wonderful. I saw Thanks. Vivian Hello, this is here. Vivian. Oh, okay. Vivian, are you here? Thank you all for being here. Okay, we appreciate you being Bill. here tonight. God Bill. bless you. Wait, Vicki. Bill. Yes. Have you? What? Thank you. Me. You guys, <laughs> you, you kind of spoke. You you really spoke tonight to a lot of the things that I've been trying to address. Thank you so much. Um, I know that God works through you and speaks Praise to me. Um, it, it's it's kind of odd. It's not odd. It's it's miraculous. I have a girlfriend that. We used to get up every morning and read scripture together, and our lives changed. And then we separated, Amen. and we missed Amen. doing those well, days. Well, you know, Becky, if you want, if you want to join us in reading scripture, we do that every morning. Um, we start about seven fifteen, and we do prayers, and then we do Bible reading, and then we pray for each other. And people come and go. It's the same number that you would dial, and that's every weekday morning from Monday through Friday. And it's an amazing time in the Lord. He is so faithful to answer the prayers on that line. 
It's just amazing. But thank you so much for being here. And I'm so glad that God spoke to you. Anybody else got something to say? Yes, this is Helen. Uh, Regarding the 144,000, it was 12 tribes times 12 apostles. Something. That's what I thought. That's what I put down, and then I thought, no, I'm not sure. Okay. The 12 patriarchs and the 12 apostles. 12 patriarchs in the the Old Testament, 12 apostles in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, I I don't know if I should be concerned that my deliverance is so effective with you or not. Uh, But anyway, it's great. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) I mean, doesn't this stop sometimes? I would would be concerned if it wasn't. (laughs) Oh, okay. Thank you. That's encouraging. But anyway, it is. In fact, when when you say the word deliverance, it begins before you go any further than that. So thank you very much. Bless thank both you. of you. Bye-bye. You're, you're so welcome. Before you okay. hang up, Anybody but, yes, before you hang up, I'd like to know if Vivian is still here. I guess not. Well, thank well, you. Well, I don't know if she was, I don't know if she was here or not. A lot of people don't like yes, to. Yes, she was. Um, she was. Because she okay, kept good. saying she was there. She was okay, there. super. Thank you. Good night. So, well, um, Phil is going to bless everyone as we close the line tonight. Um, did anybody else have something? Well, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, guys. Thank you for all the prayers. Thank you for being in me, Jesus. Take care of all my cares and worries. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Mitch. We're going to close the line tonight. Okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you for all all for being here. You bless us with our, your presence and your comments. Uh, they're very encouraging. We are thankful for you. So I am. I'm going to pray us out and bless you, as Aaron blessed the children of Israel. The words you'll find in Numbers, the sixth chapter. But, Father God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for showing up and speaking your word in a powerful way, freeing your people, giving everybody the food, the, what exactly what they need for freedom in you. So we thank you, God. You are a good God. We bow our knee to you. We give you honor and glory. And with your permission, I will go on with the ironic benediction. I'll do it first, excuse me, in Hebrew and then in English.
Yisra Adonai Ponabelecha Ifunecha Yisra Adonai Ponabelecha Yisem Lecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his face unto you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance unto you and give you his shalom, his peace. And we add in Yeshem Yeshua, in the name of Jesus, who is our Sar Shalom, our Prince of Peace. Thank you, Lord. You're good. Thank you for blessing us, Lord. We receive. I just ask you to encamp your angels around your people as they come and go. Give them your peace tonight. I just loose the anointing of peace now that it touches all the hearers in a mighty way, a noticeable way, a manifesting way of the peace of God in your life and strength and empowerment to do God's will on this earth. Lord, give us words to say, places to go, any way we can glorify you, Lord. We are open and available, and we thank you, God, that you're in our lives. We are so appreciative, and we so look forward to every day that we can serve you in a mighty way. Thank you, Lord. It's all about you. We give you honor. We give you glory. In the mighty name of Yeshua HaMashiach, who is Jesus the Christ. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you, one and all. Good night. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Join us at the King's Table in the morning, 715. Woo-hoo. <laughs> 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 ah, bye now. <laughs>